Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 887. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortTorah.org. Today, I wanted to talk about the Yud Gimel Midos, the 13 attributes. So there are a couple of 13s in Judaism. There's the 13 fundamental beliefs as the Rambam listed them. Rabbi Luna has been talking about that in the uh, series that he's been doing. But here we're talking about a different list of 13. And as we mentioned last time, this list of 13 comes from the Gemara, really from the Torah itself. But the Torah describes this as the formula uh, that Moshe used to achieve tshuva for repentance for the Jewish people. And so, as we mentioned last time, it says, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Il Mali Mikra Kosuvi Yefshel Amr Rabbi Yochanan says, would it not have been that the Pasuk says this outright, the verse says this outright, it's as if God wrapped himself, or he did wrap himself as a shliach tzibur, in a talis, he wrapped himself up with this moment, the herald of the Moshe said, and shows him how to pray these words, whenever the Jews sin, because it's inevitable that people will sin, they should do, in this order, they should do in this order, and I will forgive them. And what is this order? That's the order, as we discussed last time. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, V'chanun, Erech, Apayim, Rav, Chesed, B'yemes, Nusur, Chesed, Lo, Alafim, Nusiyavun, V'feshem, V'chatav, V'nakeh. So what is that whole list? What is that all about? So to understand this, let's take a step back and understand what we mean when we talk about Din and Chesed. What do we talk about when we talk about Tshuva? So there's more to discuss here, but superficially, Imagine that God builds a system. He builds a system where there's cause and effect, where you know you do good things and good things happen, you do bad things, and unfortunately the reverse occurs. So that's the system that God builds. So when we do something which isn't so good, there should be an action, or I should say a reaction to that action, and things shouldn't be so good. So where do we come off expecting tshuva? The answer is we shouldn't. Tshuva becomes possible because God didn't just create a world of strict justice. And strict justice doesn't mean mean or overbearing. It just means justice. It just means cause and effect. You did something wrong, something bad occurs. You did something good, something good occurs. That's what we mean by justice. It's justice. It's truth. Those aren't usually bad things. Tshuva implies and tshuva requires the ability for all of that whole system to be bypassed. That's why there are different names of God that are used, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today. But just to understand what tshuva is, we're tapping into something, an element of God, which is not, so to speak, justice. It's not what is deserved. It's something beyond what is deserved. It's it's meta. It's way over what the world ought to uh, deliver for us. And so with that in mind, so these 13 phrases, these 13 descriptives of God's behavior are what we need to tap into. Now, of course, there's a long discussion about what does it mean to tap into these things. The, the Gemara says, what are we supposed to do? Yasu We're supposed to do these things. And to do these things requires that we ourselves accomplish these traits. It's not just that we read these words, but we become that being. We become the same being that is able to overlook, that is able to bypass the basic strict justice that we might have with others, and we're able to bypass in these 13 ways. That's a tall task. Obviously, 
that would be the the idea of the you know the talit that you have to clothe yourself in these attributes. Rav Moshe Kordavaro in his Sefer Tomer Devora goes through all of these things and uses them as the structure for his Sefer and builds this as the behavior that's required. And these thirteen attributes are how we improve and therefore become people who are deservant to be bypassed, right? We're, we're deserving to not have that strict justice apply to us, but instead to somehow, you know, yeah, I know I did all those bad things, but, you know, we're going to figure out a way to have that effect not happen in spite of the cause. So there are others who say that it's just the recital, and, and I don't want to get into that opinion right now, but just the recital, you know, hopefully will inspire us to do something. Hope just the recital is uh, is something that we can tap into in a significant enough way to change our tshuva fortune. So let's go through the list. We'll talk about a couple of different interpretations. There's really a tremendous amount of uh, of material on the thirteen attributes. They're really a huge, important part of the Slichos. Remember, if you're busy stuck saying the long paragraphs before the Yud Gimomidos and the Tzibor, which you can only do with the Tzibor, the community can only do it with the group, the Yud Gimomidos. You can't do it by yourself, which also is indicative that you need to, you need other people involved, right? The, the lesson of these attributes is that I do this not just to myself, but with others as well. And so I always skip, if I'm within those paragraphs, to this section of the Yud Gimel Midos because that's the important part. It's almost as if those paragraphs are just an excuse to say the Yud Gimel Midos again and again and again and again. That's the crux uh, of, of the Slicho service. In Neila, we say like three lines, then we get to it again. We say another three lines, we get to it again. That's the crux, and that's what we're trying to do. So let's go through them one by one uh, relatively quickly. And again, there are a lot of commentaries all over the place. Any commentary on Chumash, uh, this is found in Parshas Kisisa, will also explain this uh, extremely well. Let's start at the beginning. And there's a bit of a uh, discussion about exactly how to break them down, but we'll go in the classic way. Hashem, the first name Hashem, and then the second name Hashem. Now these are the four-letter names of Hashem. These are the names that denote God as being before and after, timeless, before the sin, after the sin. There's really no time to God, and that's that's the idea that really allows the, the surpassing of creation, before creation and after creation, which allows for tshuva. But specifically, the classic interpretation is that Hashem is merciful before the sin and after the sin, right? I know this person's going to sin, because God says, I know this person's going to sin because they're not such a good person right now. And yet... Even though I know that, Ba'asher Husham, where they are right now, is how I judge them, and that's uh, and, and no more than that. And the second Hashem is even God is merciful after the sinner has gone astray. It doesn't change the person in God's eyes, and before, after, it, it doesn't really matter. It, the sin is taken uh, in isolation and doesn't change how the person is perceived. It just has to be dealt with, that sin. The next word is Kale. Referring to God as power. Now again, that being all-powerful above the system, usually Kale refers to the system itself, uh, a little complicated, but here it refers to surpassing um, the, uh, the, 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 the system itself and therefore allowing the opportunity for tshuva. 
Okay, that's the source and the creator of all. Rachum, compassionate. And the next phrase also is Chanun, compassionate. Rachum refers generally um, to somebody who, I'm merciful, I see somebody who needs something, and a person's compassionate, and they see the person's pain, and they fill in whatever the person's need is necessary. Chanun is just grace. Chanun is from chen, chinam, which means free. The person did nothing to deserve it. The person wasn't even lacking something, and I just gave it anyway. It's just simply a gift. Rachum, also some understand to mean from rechem, meaning the womb. It's like this this relationship of a mother and a child, a parent and a child, absolutely giving, absolutely generous, completely selfless, and completely desirous of the growth and the furtherance of the creation. And so that's how many people understand, you know, we and we're expected ourselves to, to take these attributes and to do that to others, see other people as the, an extension of the I. You know, it's not just me, it's it's my family, it's the people around me, my, my community, and all of Kali Yisrael, all of the world. We're, we're supposed to expand ourselves, seeing the Rachum and the Chanun over here and how we relate to others. Next is sort of the patience section, Erech slow to anger. You know, God understands we have a lot of time to be able to figure out uh, all of this stuff. We're not expected from the moment we're 13 years old to become perfect people. And so there's time given. Erech means slow to anger. And, and this is an important idea. It gives us time to be able to fix what's wrong. The Rav Chesed, abundant in Chesed, that's generally understood as people who don't have enough merit, and they have to be tipped a little bit, you know, you put a little finger on the scale and it goes over, that's Rav Chesed, and then there's Ve'emet, that God never reneges on his word. Now, Emet is usually scary in this context, because truth is usually what gets us into trouble. We did something wrong, and so we should be getting some sort of negative result. But no, here, emet means if we're promised something, we're going to get it, and we can have that faith. No, it's a chesed alafim, preserver of kindness for generations. The deeds of the righteous are so uh, important and significant that they go on and on and on in perpetuity. They drip down the generations, and we see that that's not true of punishment. Punishment in later psukim in the Torah, but not, of course, in these attributes, are discussed as being something which it, it sort of dries up after just a couple generations, but goodness keeps going. No, say avon He forgives avon and pesha and chata, which are three different types of sins, people who do it intentionally, people who do, do it um, purposefully to anger God, which is an even worse uh, situation, and v'chata'a, and error, error, just the person makes, uh, they're careless, they're apathetic, they, they don't care enough, they haven't studied, those, any type of sin that you might do, and then finally vinake. Vinake means we're cleansed. After this true process, not only are we just on the, on, is it crossed out, but it's erased from the book, as if we had never done it in the past, starting and leaving us an opportunity to begin again.